Welcome to the Everything RVC podcast. I'm Amanda Keeper and he is David Costello. Hi, David. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Are you giddy with excitement? Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> that better be the answer. <laughs> because you're back? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I already welcomed you back on the last episode. I know, so, I mean, but I get two episodes of back excitement now. back. Okay. Yeah. I'm so excited to have you back. It's crazy. <laughs> That's the level of excitement I was looking for. Well, I'm excited because today we have Associate Vice President of Liberal Arts and Adult Education, Amanda Smith, here with us. Welcome. Thank you for having me today. Yes, you're welcome. So, Amanda, let's get right into the podcast. Amanda Smith is our Associate Vice President of Liberal Arts and Adult Education, like I said, and that's a big job. So what exactly does that mean? Yeah, it's actually a lot of stuff, but a lot of stuff that I'm passionate about. So we're all good. Okay. So um, it includes liberal arts, which, of course, we know as uh, speech and English and humanities and history and all those different transfer courses. Mm -hmm. And then it but it also is more than that because we have... um, the support services of tutoring and testing in the library. And then um, it encompasses two very different kind of programs. One is adult education. So that includes people that are looking to improve their English language skills or people that are looking to complete their high school education through a GED. Okay. So Pat Young and Trisha Wagner. That's right. You yeah. guys, the okay. organically awesome. Yes. 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 They were phenomenal. <laughs> yes. They're pretty great. They're they so are. easy to work with. Yeah. And you worked down at the downtown campus for quite some time. Yes. So. Yes. Oh, yeah. I love the downtown mm-hmm. campus. I love just the vibrancy of being downtown mm-hmm. and just the opportunities mm-hmm. that are afforded down there. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the restaurants. Oh, gosh. But, I know. but enough about downtown rock. Yeah, I've always kind of wanted an office. <laughs> we can stay there. on that. Ta- I mean, taco, <laughs> yeah. taco bodies, the food trucks. Well, yeah. Wired is a favorite. Yes. Capri. Yes. City Market. Yes. Yes. Oh, I yes. love City Market yeah. when we get to close early a little bit mm-hmm. and go over there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you have, okay, so you have um, that area and then you have one other one? I do. So I also have um, our workforce programs down at the Workforce Connection. So that is at 303 North Main. Mm-hmm. And through the Workforce Connection, we're able to offer um, training opportunities to people who are looking for work. Okay. So it's really kind of, it's really kind of interesting how we're able to do that. And that's kind of how everything falls together is I've always looked at and been passionate about offering opportunities for people to come and improve their education for people who maybe didn't go the traditional route. Mm -hmm. You know, I um, did not go to college directly after high school. I was married already, and then I had a kid, Mm -hmm. and then I went and completed my um, associates. And I really didn't know if I was going to be able to go on after that. And so then I was able to complete my bachelor's. But I, again, I was 30 at that point, which is still young, mm-hmm. but um, it's not the, the traditional route. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I want to do everything I can to make those opportunities available for other adults in our community. Mm-hmm. And so really I look at both adult ed and the Workforce Connection as those opportunities where we just welcome people wherever they're at Mm -hmm. and we help them get to their next step, whether their next step is going on to college, 
which I hope, mm-hmm. or their next step is going on to training that leads directly to employment, mm-hmm. or whether they just are like I am and just love going to school, mm-hmm. and so they decide <laughs> to continue on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you really do have the gamut. Yeah. You have from, from, like you said, the workforce connections to watching someone get the two-year degree and transfer on to the four-year. That's yeah. really cool. I didn't know about the workforce connections piece of your job. That's yeah. really cool. Well, that part has been a little bit confusing because um, we call that department workforce development, but then we all know that we have Vice President Lewis who oversees workforce development, and they're two different things. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm just calling it by you know the workforce connection and um, we actually partner with other agencies down there okay. to be able to provide these services. Okay, so that was my next question. So how do you coordinate the training and what types of training would a person get? Okay, so you need to be pursuing um, an education in a, that leads to a career mm-hmm. in one of those high demand areas. Okay. So a lot of people um, that enter the Workforce Connection, they really need a job and they need it quickly. Mm -hmm. So we like to offer them short-term training opportunities, such as truck driver training is a really big one. Um, Mechatronics, Mm -hmm. we have um, that program as well, as well as they maybe are pursuing fire science or the healthcare um, opportunities. So really they're trying to focus on certificate programs leading up to associates Mm -hmm. so that they're able to leave that and directly go into a a position that will allow them to make a self-sustaining wage. I love Mm -hmm. that. I love that. This word megatronics. Mecha. Mechatronics. Mechatronics. Thank you. Mm -hmm. As you can see, I'm ignorant to this. And it's say, a mega field. So, so. <laughs> and so I think, thank you. That's what, that's what I was trying to say. Right. Mechatronics. Um, I've been hearing this. This is, this will be part of the ATC, right? The Advanced Correct. Technology Center. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell the listeners more about what mechatronics, what okay. is included in mechatronics? So I am not an engineer, so I don't have all the answers, but okay. what I can tell you is that it kind of basically is industrial maintenance. Okay. So it is um, kind of the mechanical works of um, hydraulics and PLCs, um, industrial tools, advanced machining, things like that. So all the things that you would need to to do um, without specializing in just one area. Mm -hmm. So like instead Mm -hmm. of just going and becoming an electrician, Mm -hmm. you want to learn a lot of different things so that you can help um, keep, keep a place going. Nice. Okay. It kind of blends mechanical engineering, electrical engineering. Exactly. That's where your mecha comes from, the mechanical, and then the tronics from the electronics. So it kind of blends those two oh, kinds of engineering. That helps a lot. Yeah. yeah. Look um, how smart he is. <laughs> I've learned a lot. I've had to learn a lot <laughs> yeah. about it. He's had to market it. So right. he, he's had to figure it all out. Yeah. Right. But <laughs> honestly, there's even some people, because I've also been in on some of these meetings with industry Mm-hmm. Uh, people about it, and even they don't use that term necessarily, so right. it's not even a, a universal. Oh, so we came up with that to be. No, it's not oh, that we okay. invented it. It's just not not even all the manufacturers use, use it. it. Yeah. They okay. might use a different term sure. to describe what we just described. But okay. anyway, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's basically what it is. Okay. So Amanda, how long have you been at RVC, and how did you land here? Oh my goodness. So I've been at RVC since two thousand six. And um, I've been doing a little bit of everything, but I first started out as an ESL instructor. Mm. So um, 
that was my first love, being a part of adult education. And I just loved um, being with people from other countries and learning more about their cultures and helping them so that they would be able to um, live here in Rockford and the surrounding areas and do well mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, and really prosper. So that was my first position here at Rock Valley. Then I transitioned over to at the Workforce Connection, but it was with Refugee and Immigrant Services. So that position allowed me to work more um, kind of like with a, a client base and help individuals who were refugees here from another country um, find employment so that they would be able to transition off of um, TANF or financial assistance from the government Mm -hmm. and start being self-sufficient. And oh, so exciting Mm -hmm. to see these individuals that came from um, war-torn countries or to be a refugee, you have to actually leave the country and be fearful for your life. So whether Mm -hmm. that's um, you physically had um, danger Mm-hmm. or maybe there was some severe economic instability or whatever. Not everybody gets it. So those that were able to get here and then to just see them be so excited mm-hmm. about their job. And then, mm-hmm. you know, we ha- hear a lot in our community about the, the lack of soft skills or the essential skills where people know to get up and go to work. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And when you can call in and things like that, we didn't have a lot of those issues with our refugees because they just – we're so eager to get to work. So that was just so much fun. Can you give us an example? I love storytelling. Can you give can you tell us a story of someone that you worked with that you'll never forget and where he or she was from and what they're doing now? Yeah. So there are a couple different um, stories I could tell you. So there's um, the heart-wrenching stories where I had this one um, refugee who came over from Iraq and this was she her family came over in the 90s or early 2000s and she grew up here and she grew up in a hard neighborhood and um, it was funny she was getting ready to go to a job interview and she came in and she was dressed just like for her she was very nice Mm -hmm. but it wasn't professional Mm -hmm. and so you could see she had a crop top on Mm -hmm. you could see her belly and so first I was like okay girl you got to put on this sweater because you can't (laughs) be looking like that to go to an interview Mm -hmm. and then I saw she had a tattoo and it said property of (laughs) so-and-so and I was like girl you are your own person you are nobody's property respect yourself and then she's like I know and then he cheated on me I was like that is why Yeah, yeah, so um, she was one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. And so do you know what, what she ended up doing? Is she? Well, here's where I said it was a sad story in the end. Um, she passed away. Aww. She was in a car accident. Um, but she's one that I always think back to mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. just really enjoy the interactions I had with her. Mm-hmm. And really, I just like, I love that I was able to offer some hope. Yeah you know, to her. And so that it hopefully I feel like maybe it enriched her life a little bit. Mm -hmm. I just learned something about you that I didn't know um, just through that example, because I've encountered situations like that too. And I, I think I fail to say something to them. Like even when my students come in for a speech and they have a crop top on, I, I sometimes hesitate because I feel like you know, there's that camp that says if you say something like you're really stifling their individuality right. and professionalism according to who, to you, to, you know. The, right. And, but the reality is 
you can't wear a crop top to, a, to an interview mo- in right. most places. Right. So I just love the way you told her. You know, I, <laughs> you're like, girlfriend, look. Right. And, you know, it's funny because that's just uh, something I feel very passionate about yeah. is is how we are each our own people. Yeah. So um, I could not just let that go. Sure. You know, I wouldn't sure. let it go with my kids. Right. You know, right. Um, we don't belong to anybody. We belong to ourselves. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so yeah. um, if we could all just have that respect for ourselves, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, it would yeah. just change the world. No, I love that story. Yeah, I know you're very passionate about the adult ed area. And my time working here with you, that's been yes. your you, – you've been involved with that for pretty much the whole time I've known you here. Right. And when we had Trisha and Pat on, we talked about how, what a different um, experience it is attending that graduation ceremony Versus mm. the one we the next night, which yes. is it's its own you know nice ceremony and level of emotions, but there's nothing quite like that GED one, and it's because of that sense of accomplishment. It's people who didn't think they were going to uh, right. ever be able to do something like this, and uh, I, I like I love that that's your passion is helping those people. Now mm-hmm. to that point, we also know that there's that number we always hear right of. Is yes. like 40,000 in our it, district ish, who don't ish. have a high school mm-hmm. uh, diploma. So how do we get that number down? I know you don't have the magic answer, but what sort no. of things are we trying to do? You know, I think that we just have to keep trying. So really, I think it's really important for us to value education and for us to share with those around us that, that education is important. Not just so you can get a better job, but your life is better and there are more opportunities, and you're more likely to keep a job. And if you share all that out, then maybe people will be more likely to try to come back to school. Mm -hmm. But it's daunting. It's very, very daunting because already you have not been successful in your educational journey. Whether that was, you know, 20 years ago when you were in high school and um, you just didn't finish because you had to drop out for whatever reason, if maybe you had to help out your family financially or whatever. Mm -hmm. Or it could be people that just dropped out a couple years ago because the way they were being taught didn't resonate for them. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, we need to continue to offer education in different ways. I think um, a while back there, I think it was 2012, we had a community-wide, we called it a GED initiative, And we were working with Goodwill at the time, trying to come up with some solutions that we could partner with. And one one thing that we said, we need to come up with a toolkit. And I really liked that idea because, you know, in a toolbox, you've got, you know, a hammer, you've got pliers, you've got screwdrivers, you've got all these things, and you take out the tool you need. So in a toolbox for adult education, it's the same thing where you may have traditional GED classes, or you may have online, Mm -hmm. or you may have a high school completion, or, you know, there are several different ways to help us help our students. Mm -hmm. And then they choose the one that works for them. So I think if there's variety, that may help. I also think it's important where we work on the career pathways. Mm -hmm. And I know we talk, um, in education, we talk a lot about pathways. We don't often talk about how that looks for adults. So if we can help um, create these opportunities where adults can improve their educational status so they can work on either improving their um, English skills or completing their GED, and at the same time, they're working towards 
either a training opportunity such as tech works mm -hmm. or some industrial maintenance that we have coming mm -hmm. or a credit class at the college, a credit um, track at the college, such as, you know, we have several. So there's like a CNA training or mm -hmm. um, we actually have a few of these built already. So supply chain, um, welding, some opportunities where they come back to school, they complete a certificate and then they go right away and they immediately have the satisfaction of being able to um, upgrade their job set. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then um, the pathway comes in so that we create opportunities for them to continue on. So while they may find um, an entry level position, they can still continue going to college and then they can upskill or they can um, get some more education, maybe get some more certifications and then get a raise. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly am a huge fan of the model. I know, you know, it's it's hard for people to conceptualize how all this works at the college and is the college changing. But for me, it's basic Maslow's. Okay, if I right. need if I need to feed my family, right, I, I need to get a certification so that I have employable skills so that I can feed my family. And in the process, we hope that we inspire them to see themselves as scholars, mm -hmm. so that the natural next step is to con continuing exactly. on to get that degree, right. that two year degree. But it's let's satisfy the basic human need that they need at this moment so that they can be self-sufficient and take care of their f basic needs. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And that's why it's such a good opportunity to do that, to allow them to become self-sufficient mm -hmm. to where they're not, in, they don't have food insecurity. Right. They're able to obtain childcare for their children, mm -hmm. and they really just are able to focus, okay, I've, I've got that done. Now I can focus on going a little bit. Mm -hmm. a little bit more right yeah right yeah i love that so you mentioned and and you kind of had that what we call the christmas tree moment you you mentioned your love of like other cultures and diversity mm -hmm. when did that start for you was that before rvc yeah it was i i i was thinking about that earlier today actually um i was thinking about how um i was raised in a pretty conservative household Mm -hmm. um, but it was a household where we really valued um, religion and there was a lot of talk about like missionaries and, and like going to other countries. And while I don't look at that the same way anymore, I'm so appreciative of that because that is where I started to love people who were different mm -hmm. than myself. So it, I remember, you know, I used to have a pen pal when I was in sixth grade with somebody from the um, mountains in the Philippines. You know, cool. I, I used to have a, um, a friendship with someone that lived over in the Netherlands. And so it's just been one of those things that, that that's enriched my life, mm -hmm. and it has just continued that way. Yeah, hmm. yeah, I... I love that too. I also love to travel and I think it started when I was in sixth grade as well. And then, you know, a high school trip to Spain and you mm -hmm. just see, wow, the world is so much bigger than me and, and, and my little town. You yeah, know? right. Yeah. And it's so, you can just learn so much. Mm -hmm. So that was yeah. awesome. So you are making your way up into administration. Mm -hmm. How did that process work? Um, you know, I think that it just kind of organically happened okay. as far as I'm concerned, because if I'm passionate about something, I'm going to work towards it, right? Mm -hmm. And so one thing I was very passionate about was, um, you know, we've got these adult ed students. They're really not that different from people that enter college and have to do the developmental track, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The difference is one was able to get their high school diploma. Right. 
the one wasn't. But yet, we're, we still have the same needs. We still have the same characteristics. And so I really was speaking with, um, I don't remember. At the time, it was um, Susan Busenbark, and I don't remember if she was the, the dean or the um, CAO at that time. But I was like, these are the same students. You know, we really need to work so that um, there's more of a connection between DAVED and adult education. Mm-hmm. So it was through those conversations that... Um, at, at that point, I was promoted to, to be a dean, and then I was able to help um, oversee developmental reading and writing. And um, that's kind of where it all started. And from that, I just it just grew because um, I always think that my job, where I'm sitting right now, back then, in the future, is to kind of be a conduit for students and teachers. Mm-hmm. I guess I do talk with my hands. <laughs> <laughs> we warned you about it. Yes. <laughs> I want to give you a chance to talk to that other piece of your job, though. We've talked about the adult ed. Yeah. I want to talk about the LAS. Well, um, yeah. it's, it's a huge, obviously, it's still 80%, right? That's the number. Yeah. 80% yes. of our students transfer. They're here to transfer. Right. Um, so talk about that piece and what, what do you hope to bring in your role to uh, I guess shine more light on the LAS because we are hearing a lot more about the technical education, right. but eighty percent of what we do is is LAS. What are what's new and exciting and happening in that world right now? I well, obviously, right now we have new and exciting that we have a lot of online opportunities, right, mm-hmm. right. and mm-hmm. um, hybrid opportunities. I really think that um, what is new is just that we have people who um, are passionate about their subject matter. And now they're able to creatively think about how they usually teach it mm-hmm. and um, and modify it mm-hmm. because there are different platforms available at this time. Um, you know, we have so many people that before maybe couldn't envision, how would I teach my subject fully online? And speech being one of them. Mm-hmm. And now we've been doing it and doing it well. Mm-hmm. And now we're like, oh, we could do it like that. And that's another opportunity. Mm-hmm. So that is probably one of the things. Another thing we're looking at is um, we've talked about it a lot in the past, but we want to create these um, almost roadmaps so that somebody coming in and says, you know what, (coughs) I'm sorry, I'm interested in going into accounting, but I don't want to get a terminal degree. I just Mm want to get my associates with an emphasis in accounting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we want to tr- create like roadmaps so that we say you complete this in your first semester, then your second, then your third, then your fourth. Okay. I think that makes a lot of sense. I've often wondered why we didn't have things like that. So I'm glad to hear, you know, it seems like you have this smorgasbord on the LAS sheet that you can fill out. And right. sometimes students are taking STU 100, like, <coughs> like at the end at of the their, end. right. And, and right. I'm, I'm thinking, right. why isn't this like a predetermined sequence? Yeah. So I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, yeah. we were just talking about it today and it can almost be like a puzzle. Like there mm-hmm. could be like a, a template and then you choose your electives that are in your area of focus interest that you plug into this template. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think that will be really helpful. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so. I do too. So when I first started talking to you and we started chatting, I was coming down to the downtown campus. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I think you were working on your doctorate. Yeah. And you were working on a reading 
project. Yes. Can you tell us about that, like your your area of study when you were going through that process? So I got my doctorate in curriculum and instruction. And as um, instead of like a, a normal traditional dissertation, I was able to do action research. So I was able to look at developmental reading and um, how effective is developmental reading? Because mm-hmm. we see that so many, you know, probably 30% of students entering Rock Valley College, according to placement tests, they're, they're not ready academically for mm-hmm. college. So how do we help them um, improve their basic skills of reading and writing mm-hmm. um, so that they're able to transition and continue on? And so um, it was really interesting. I was able to do a lot of research about what other places are doing, how other places are doing it differently, and what we're doing here, okay. and what works and what doesn't work. And what we found is the field of developmental reading and writing, actually developmental ed, is just changing. So whereas we used to offer it in a very linear um, way, where first you would do one level, then you do the next level, and then you're college ready, we need to um, think of other opportunities. One of the really, oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> That's well, at Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> One of the new opportunities that we're working on um, is we are creating co- co-requisite support. And so what that is, is it allows a student to take a first-year class, mm-hmm. such as a business class, and so a reading support class. Okay. And so that way they're still getting um college credit while they are working on their their deficiency areas. Hmm. And so we really think, we've seen that in other places, this has been a very effective model. And um, we're going to, we've already built the model. We're working on the technical aspect where students will be able to register individually for that. Right now they need um, administrative help to for that. It's not so it eliminates that barrier that we were running into where they would need to take the developmental and it sets them back like maybe a whole semester while they're doing that before they can start taking exactly college level. Exactly. So so to, to touch on a topic that a lot of faculty members want answers to, you know, some faculty members will say like, now we don't have these developmental reading classes that are required. And I feel that this English student is not ready to be in this course. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is that this new model, they would have this supplemental course at the same time. Right. And then that would be it would feel like they're almost being tutored on each assignment and each reading comprehension? Yeah. So, well, first of all, let me step back a little bit. We haven't gotten rid of the reading um, requirement. It's it's kind of deferred right now because of the pandemic. So okay. some there's been some kind of miscommunication thinking that we're not going to require it anymore. Okay. Um, but I would like to say the way that it works is that everybody – Um, can be in different classes. We'd like them to be somewhat related. Um, But then they will come to a Reading 101 class. They bring their textbook from that class. Mm -hmm. So they'll bring their business textbook into a Reading 101 class. And then they'll learn the skills of reading um, through that textbook. Mm -hmm. So they're really learning the academic reading Mm -hmm. and the skills that then will be transferable to their other classes. Nice. I see what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, that I. So you've seen that that's been very effective in other schools <laughs> through your research. Yeah, you know, developmental students will often what we call fatigue out because if you have to do mm-hmm. um, two to three semesters before you get to college level credits, and then you've used your financial aid as well, right? 
you know, it can just be disheartening. Yeah. Yeah. It's a huge, huge barrier. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But what we want to do is create a place where there's there are fewer places to stop out. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so if we can allow them to start taking um, credit classes while at the same time they are addressing the basic skills, mm-hmm. then they are much more likely to stay in and complete. Right. Yes. Yes. <coughs> that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So... I have this question. I think I'll. I'm sorry. I'll, I think, no, you're fine. It ha- it's happened to me. You start coughing in the middle of the podcast. Yeah, we had that discussion. And you can't drink water. Well, I mean, Ken, it's just his whole yeah. production because you have a mask on and yeah. headphones, and we need like life. straws just... through the masks or something. <laughs> but then the ma- then the mask is compromised. Hey, so. you see, you have a million dollar idea there. <laughs> put a put a straw hole through. These. That probably wouldn't be safe. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Joe recommended like the like the ones you see the guys wearing at the ball games with the beer. Um, yeah, the hat that has like the two beers on it, right. and then you drink the straws. Right. Yeah. So, so I always I don't know for for you, what brings you the most joy? Like what what is what part of your job makes you feel like getting out of bed in the morning? What is the most joyful part of your job? What brings me most joy is when I'm able to figure out a way for the instructor to do what they need to do Mm -hmm. and a way for the student to be there. So really, I see my what gets me out of bed is feeling like I'm this this um, can can do it. Conduit, yeah. Conduit (laughs) between the Mm -hmm. student and the instructor, because Mm -hmm. a lot of times um, college gets in the way. Yeah. So it's not, you know, in a bad way. It's just that there are certain, there's there's paperwork or there's, you know, yeah. processes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are regulations, things we need to look at. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to be there so that I'm able to address those things mm-hmm. to make it easy for the faculty member to teach. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's really what, um, and, and for the student to be able to get in the classroom. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. because that's, it's kind of like a two-pronged thing. Yeah. So you like problem solving. I guess I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do. But I like accomplishing it, too. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I don't want to just talk about something. Mm-hmm. we got to figure it out because mm-hmm. I get very frustrated if we talk too much. Do sure. you ever put that into play um, for, like, fun? <coughs> so, as you see, see me shift gears there. So sure. That yeah, was yeah, really yeah. Good. That's a good transition. Um, yeah. Well, how do you problem solve for fun in your, mm. your personal life? What kind of board games are you playing? That yeah. Do you like to do puzzles? <laughs> or, Actually, yeah. we just started doing puzzles. I've mm-hmm. never been into it because I thought I sucked at it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then um, my daughter started doing puzzles probably two months before Christmas. Oh, my gosh. And then we totally got into it. You're talking about jigsaw puzzles? Jigsaw puzzles. Yeah, Yeah, we got one that was the Breakfast Club, and that's one of my all times. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But um, I do love puzzles. I just Mm -hmm. started crocheting, too. Mm -hmm. So I found out that my daughter was having a baby. (gasps) So I'm going to be another grandma um, in, in March, actually next month. So I decided I needed to make her a baby blanket, obviously. Mm-hmm. Right. So I had to learn how to crochet, and now I'm just addicted to it. <laughs> you know, so I could... I'm glad you brought up your family because yeah. I remember the first, one of the first times I saw your family photo, <laughs> I was like, what is going on here? This is so cool. Like, it looks, I could tell right away there was some ma- major blending going on. Yeah. Oh, right? gosh. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yep. Yeah, yep. so tell us about your big family and yes. your diverse family yeah 
So um, you are absolutely right. We are a blended family. Mm -hmm. So my husband um, came to me with six kids, six bio kids. Wow. And I have three bio kids. Okay. And so um, it's been a lot of fun, a lot of blending. And thank God he is, like, in it to win it because, obviously, there are a lot of challenges. Mm -hmm. But... Mm -hmm. um, we have very, very diverse backgrounds. So his family is from the Philippines. My son's father is from Sudan. My daughter's father is from Poland. So oh, there's nice. just a lot of different culturalisms in there. Yeah. But also I love that we're able to raise our kids to really respect that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we always say that we, I think that Professor Oladapo said this one time, I'm gonna say it's her, um, that it's not political correctness, it's it's called respect. Mm -hmm. So I have put that into a play all the time, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So we talk about respect and then um, we will say, you know, we don't we don't say man up in our, in our family. Mm -hmm. You know, my daughter mm -hmm. is a feminist too. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, no, we don't say that. We just say, be strong, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? And so that is just so much fun yes. to see my, our beliefs, but then embodied in our kids, mm -hmm. and then see them training each other in those same beliefs. What and, are their ages? World values. Break them all down for us. Okay, the oldest is um, 30, and then the youngest is 10. Okay. And so wow. they're varying through there. Mm -hmm. And so um, a handful of them live in Florida, next near their mother. Mm -hmm. And so up here we have our three. We've got... Um, the oldest is 24. Then we have an 18-year-old that's graduating and coming to Rock Valley in the fall. Mm -hmm. And um, our youngest is 10. Nice. Okay. Now, the ones that are living in the home right now, mm -hmm. are they a blend of the each of your bio? No. So they are, at this point, they are all, all mine. They're all your bio. But, and then okay. all his bio are in Florida? Yes. So do you travel to Florida often, or do you get, um, get a chance to go? Well, right we, now. I yeah, mean, it's yeah. been a while since we've been able to see them. Yeah. So if we can't all go, then I send him. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. No, exactly. You know, yeah, exactly. Um, to keep that that bond going is important. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I want I do want to give you a chance to talk about a, an issue very close to your heart from a personal tragedy. Yes. Um, so when I another thing that I'll never forget is when I first was downtown Rockford, you you went through a major major tragedy um, in, involving one of your children. Do you want to tell our listeners about that? Sure. So um, one of my children um, was named Ryan Ann. Mm -hmm. And uh, she actually, her bio dad was Ryan, my, my husband. Mm -hmm. And um, I had her from the time she was seven. Her mom's not in the picture at all. Okay. Um, and she was the same age as my daughter, my bio daughter. So they were just always, always together. Mm -hmm. And we were just really close. She was one of these happy-go-lucky um, children and cared so much about everybody else, would stick up for everybody loyal to a fault. Um, and unfortunately, she was battling mental illness, mm -hmm. and I did not know that. Mm -hmm. And her husband, my husband didn't either. Um, we knew that there had been some ups and downs, um, and we had sent her for some counseling, but we didn't realize that the amount that she had learned to talk about her emotions was just the surface. And so, unfortunately, she chose to suicide mm -hmm. without um, telling, you know, without reaching out first. Mm -hmm. And so this has just become 
just one of my passions mm-hmm. is is that we need to talk more about mental health right and um, we need to remove the stigma and I know that people say that but it's still so real out mm-hmm. there you know and so um, we really somehow need to you know the suicide rates are skyrocketing and um, it's preventable largely Mm-hmm. So if we can somehow intervene with teens, with young adults, before they feel that suicide is their only option, because they don't want to die. They just don't want to feel the pain exactly. any longer. Right. You know, and mm-hmm. I was lucky um, in that she left us um, some letters mm-hmm. so that we were able to understand where she was coming from. And that was just, just being tired mm-hmm. and not wanting, you know, just not wanting to feel bad any longer. Mm-hmm. So um, we all need to be advocates to try to help people so that they don't get to that place. Because mm-hmm. once you start going down, it's really difficult. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and it's not just um, teens. I think that um, people that are part of the LGBTQ um, community are four times at risk mm-hmm. of suiciding. And did she identify in that community? She did. And was she open? She was open with us. Okay. Um, she was, even though she wasn't, um, didn't have contact with her mom much, she was terrified to tell her. Okay. And so, um, and you know, and she still went to school. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you are a teenager, mm-hmm. you um, care a lot about peers. Yes. You know, yeah. and so, um, that had a lot to do with that, but mm-hmm. that's that's why it's just so important, mm-hmm. you know. And it's important that we don't dismiss people. That when they say they're having a rough time, we stop, we ask them, we talk to them. We don't say, "Oh, it's fine," mm-hmm. you know, or "Oh, so and so's got it worse than you do. You're mm-hmm. fine. Just buck up," mm-hmm. you know, because we don't know really where they're at. But if we can listen to them, yeah, then we can help them. Mm-hmm. What sorts of things are you trying to do and what can other people do to help? Um, first of all, all of us can do better at listening. And um, I, I saw a commercial recently, you know, Embrace the Awkward. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you'll feel like it's very awkward to, to talk to somebody. You know, like how do you just come up to them and say, you know, how, how are you doing? Or if you know somebody struggles with mental health, um, People may feel like if you ask them about suicide, then you're going to make them think about it. They're already thinking about it, Mm -hmm. you know, if it's something they're struggling with. Mm -hmm. And then that way, um, if you are willing to talk to people about it, then they understand. And that starts to remove the stigma as well. Right. Mm I agree with that because, uh, you know, I have a background in clinical mental health counseling. And and a lot of times when I first started counseling people, I had this enormous pressure on myself that I had to provide all these solutions. Right. And I was very green and very naive. Many times people aren't asking you. That's not what their purpose of counseling is, is for solutions. They need someone to help them relieve the pressure, Mm -hmm. like the pressure valve. I always would describe to my clients that the longer you hold it in without talking about it it's like pushing a buoy down in the water mm-hmm. yes and the more force you hold it in eventually it's going to come out and just listening just being the person you don't have to be a counselor to listen 
just being there in the same spot and asking questions and asking follow-up questions, just being curious. I always tell my son, one of the best traits that you can ever have as a human being is the trait of curiosity. Mm-hmm. Be curious about people. Seek to know them. Ask mm-hmm. them questions about themselves. And that sometimes is enough to release that pressure just for that moment that they need to get them through the next day. Yeah. So true. Yeah. So very true. We've both been open about our own struggles. Yep. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's important, too, is for because I think it, it starts to help what you're saying, Amanda, is of relieving that stigma. Mm-hmm. When, you, when more people uh, are willing to share their story and say, look, I've been through this kind of thing too, mm-hmm. uh, it makes it a lot easier for people to open up. So Yeah. yeah. You know, when we first found out what happened with Ryan Ann, um, I said emphatically, we will never be ashamed of the choice that Ryan Ann made. Right. You know, we will use this opportunity to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And um, both of us also have mental health challenges mm-hmm. that we um, go to therapy for, um, that we address head on mm-hmm. so that we are able to, you know, to live healthy lives. Yeah. And yeah. so I absolutely agree that by being open and mm-hmm. vulnerable, mm-hmm. that you can just help other people. Yeah, right. I agree. Did you start a Facebook page for Ryan Ann? Did you start some sort of... Um, I know you had the t-shirts, right? Yes. So I didn't, at at that time, um, we do every year, we do the um, Out of the Darkness Walk. And we try to use the, um, that as a platform to really reach out to our um, community, our friends and family, and do that in Ryan Ann's honor. Mm -hmm. Um, I really, one of my dreams, I really want to um, work on creating I don't know if I would call it a program or something, but I want to go into the schools and share the story. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. share my story in the high schools, in the middle schools. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it was so sweet. We were, uh, my my son's in fifth grade. And so um, September is uh, Mental Health Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. And, no, Suicide Awareness, excuse me. Suicide, mm-hmm. okay. And um, he went into school. It was the last day of September, and he said to his teacher, uh, Miss Patterson, what are we going to do to celebrate suicide awareness? Mm. <laughs> and she's like, um, I don't know. Let me think about that. And so, um, you know, out of the mouths of babes. Yes. I mean, it was yeah. so sweet. Sure. So yeah. then I shared with her a story, you yeah. know, why we had a fifth a fifth grader come in and ask, you know, when they were going to celebrate, celebrate yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, but... Believe it or not, fifth graders are thinking about it. Right. And so, um, whereas it is much more um, common to see more and more um, programs in high schools, which, don't get me wrong, very needed, mm-hmm. um, we need to also be aware and open to sharing our stories in the middle schools. Oh, um, I couldn't agree more. I mean, if you, yeah. you look at the rates for the age groups, sure. they're, going, they're going down and down they and are, down. They yep. are, and that's yep. what's so disconcerting. They mm-hmm. don't have the cognitive skills mm-hmm. to yeah. understand that this will pass. Exactly. Right. You know, exactly. and the, the impulsiveness mm-hmm. is still so prevalent. Right, their brain's not even fully developed. I know, right. and so that's why it's so essential that mm-hmm. we um, – that we all, whether it's our children or other children, that we're just aware mm-hmm. and there for them mm-hmm. so that um, we can give them the safe space to yeah. talk. Yeah, that's, I agree with that. I've always, <laughs> maybe you can relate, one of my personal mothering goals is to be the, the house where all the friends come over and, yeah. I, and I know more about the kids than anybody else because they're just so safe and they're so comfortable to talk to right. me. And they are. They 
you know, they, they tell me everything. It helped that I was their basketball coach, but just showing interest, you know, sure. in right. what, what they're interested in. And maybe I don't care about Fortnite and I don't, you know, but, right. but I have to care because right. if that's what they're into and they're, some of their social dynamics are coming from that, like, you know, you just have to be curious about people you care about and even people you don't care, you like that aren't in your personal life, right. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think what's so amazing is I will get, emails. I'll get emails from faculty members all the time because they found out about RBC SOS and students of service. And they know, they know that I have my eyes open for mental health and they'll say, Hey, I just noticed this about this particular student. I was just observing. Mm -hmm. Do you know how much awareness when you have 25 students in a class, how much awareness you have to have as a faculty member and how much respect I have for someone who just yes. looks around and says something something's yeah. not right yeah. sure. let me reach out and see what kind of resource I can provide it's and so, I think so it's fabulous and I think it's super important that that our listeners know that Rock Valley College has a clinical mental health clinician um, on on campus that's mm-hmm. part of your tuition mm-hmm. Andrea McCauley we also partnered with Kevin Polkey, and he comes mm-hmm. and does his SOS, um, Shatter the Silence programs. Mm-hmm. So we do have resources on campus, um, and I think that's important for people to know here, too. Yeah. Um, so thank you for sharing with us about your experience. I think it's so important, like you said, just to be open and vulnerable mm-hmm. about it. It gives other people permission to do the same. Well, thank you so much for allowing me this space to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, Amanda, we have two questions next to you in a bag. Oh. And these are sometimes oh gosh. nerve-wracking. <laughs> are there only two questions? Or? So, so yeah. you pick two questions out of that bag, and we're just going to play with your spontaneous brain here. <laughs> you think our questions are tough? Wait till you read these. Oh, gosh. Ah, these are fun. No, these are fun. Um, in your group of friends, what role do you play? <clears throat> Oh, I like this because it's going to spin me off into a follow-up. So go ahead and answer. Okay. And follow-up based on something you said earlier. So. Okay. Um, in my group of friends, I probably am the one... <laughs> the one who's most likely to stay home. <laughs> <laughs> Even before COVID? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm the type that... Um, I have a bit of, of anxiety, so once I get home, I don't want to leave. And I also, when I'm at work, I'm very outgoing, but I also use all my words mm-hmm. during the day. So by the time I get home, it's, yeah. I'm just done. Right. So unfortunately, I think I'm just not not a big partier, so sorry. Yeah. Do you have an excuse, like Rolodex, that you have to go through when uh, they want you to go do something, and you're like, no, I have to do this? Kids are always a good one. Oh, That's yes. why I've got so oh, many. Oh, God, yes. yes. That's yes. why I've got so many. Eight, eight excuses, right? Exactly. Yeah. There's yeah. got to be something going on with all of them. Yeah, I use that all the time now, too. Like going back to the office and our discussions with uh, uh, Dan. Yeah. Um, Jim Halpert, a character on there, has oh. a great line about why they had the the first their first kid because this kid gets me out of everything. <laughs> Do you remember when he went also? To I love her. I love her very much. Robert California's house. Yeah. And he was just. Oh, so I really upset. gotta get home. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you can always yeah. use it. Well, I can't. I've got Elliot. You know, Elliot, i got to put him to bed. And all. Yeah, right, it's right. great. Uh-huh. Uh, gets yeah. you out of everything. Yeah. yeah. I, as I've gotten older, it's gotten worse for me. I think I'm, like, the most 
extroverted introvert sometimes. I think mm-hmm. my introversion scale is going a little bit higher than my extroversion scale the older Absolutely. I get. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm Absolutely. to the point, Amanda, where I don't even like to commit to plans because you know what? I don't know until that day and maybe an hour before if I'm right. ready, if I wanted to. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so my, my follow-up, because that was about a group of friends, and earlier you got excited about the Breakfast Club when you were telling us about the puzzle, and yes. you did the John Bender fist pump, which no one um, could see because this is the radio. I know. But, um, <laughs> so uh, my follow-up is, which Breakfast Club character are you? Uh, it's funny you should ask that. My... Uh, my 18-year-old just recently got compared to the girl that uses her dandruff to make a picture. Yeah. So I'm going to say probably her, okay. but I don't have dandruff so I can make a picture. Gotcha. <laughs> I okay. love so. <laughs> that Captain Crutch scene. Yeah. I love first. the movie. I've seen it a million times, but for some reason I always forget. I know it's Allie Sheedy, but I always forget uh, what her character's name is. I cannot so, remember. Um, I just I just know that that's become my favorite song. Mm-hmm. So like, um, I went to my niece's wedding and they had you could request songs so i requested that song nice. <laughs> it's like i looked awesome. it up on the fly it's allison so ali ali sheedy played allison yes. so there you go allison yes. so what are you watching now what what do you like to binge at home the standby is always always office and parks mm. and rec so yeah. we watch that every single day um <laughs> Get your, yeah. get your day started right. That's or end right. It right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you have yeah. to bookend it with positivity, right? right? Mm-hmm. So yes. in the middle is either Dateline, mm-hmm. 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we started watching um, Chicago uh, Police. Mm. Chicago Fire or PD. Chicago Police? Chicago oh, PD. okay, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Chicago PD, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and so getting into that um, mm-hmm. is, is really good. Of course, I also like Welcome to Plathville. Because, okay, so that's one where, again, the family was very, very conservative growing up. And then the eldest um, three kids um, got to the point where they were ready to move out. And they, um, Mm -hmm. they're finding their own way right now. And Mm -hmm. that really resonates with me because Mm -hmm. that's what happened to me. Mm -hmm. And so I I, like get so excited every time I see them, you know, making their own decisions. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But um, uh, that's just a fun dynamic. Awesome. Mm. All right. Second question. Oh, I've got another one. Yeah, mine was uh, off. Off. Uh, the Breakfast Club was not uh, one of the bag questions. So. Yeah. Um. It was. This question is: If you could make a twenty-second phone call to yourself at any point in your life, present or future, when would you call and what would you say? Um. I wish I could make a 20-second call to my past because mm-hmm. then I would say, take it easy, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> right. you know, not everything yes. is life-shattering. Yes. Don't make everything a big deal mm-hmm. and enjoy your kids. Yeah. You yeah. know, when I was a, a first, first parent, first-time parent, um, it's very different from me parenting as an older parent. Mm. Yeah. And you just enjoy the kids. Yeah. You know, seriously, so what if they leave a mess? Yep. They may even talk back a little bit. <laughs> you know, it's, mm-hmm. right. but really that's not the big deal. Yeah. Yep. How old were you when you had your first child? 22. So you're 22. I was, yes. And I knew everything. 
right? <laughs> sure. Of course. Sure. So then my last child was born when I was 36. And so I was already mm-hmm. tired, mm-hmm. you know, yep. just out of the, and it was a boy. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I didn't know what I was doing, but it's so much fun. No, that's interesting because Dan in our last episode had a very similar response to a similar question. Yes. He would, it was talking to a past self and basically was kind of the same thing. Like, don't, you know, this isn't big a big deal. deal. Don't, right. yeah. When right. this happens, don't worry about it. It's not. Yeah. It's going to pass in a couple of days. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's a good approach. Mm-hmm. Do you have a campfire? Did we give give her enough uh, fun questions here? Well, I think for my campfire question, you know, I think you've just taken on such a huge role at Rock Valley. You know, you have you have sort of climbed up the ladder, or you've, you know. I know that you probably don't even like that term ladder, right? So maybe it's it's <laughs> it's you have you have found your way to new opportunities, yes. more challenging opportunities. That's a better way to put it. And the challenge that you just walked into in the last couple of years is is pretty big. Mm-hmm. Um, when you leave Rock Valley, what would you like to say about your time here? Oh gosh, um, I don't. Honestly, I don't think about leaving, so that is, you know, way far out in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I will say I made some really good friends there, and I made it easier for people to attend and to complete. Mm-hmm. So that that's really what I would hope I'll be able to say. Mm-hmm. I've already met some amazing people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perfect. In the present room. Thank you. Aww. Thank you. Aww. And, and if you... That's what I was thinking at the beginning of this podcast is, man, how rewarding to help a person moving here from another country I know. attend college. I know. It is super amazing. And so then when we do the GED um, mm-hmm. commencement ceremonies and we have somebody that's um, a non-native speaker come through, I just have to, I just have to, you know, reach out, shake their hand, even if it's not my place, because I'm so, so proud of them, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Can I tell you one more refugee story really, really quick? Absolutely. So we had this one student, or not student, a client, and his name was Wawa. W-A-H-W-A-H. First of all, I love his name. Right? Wawa, okay. And the that's not really a story, but do you know what his job was um, in the refugee camp back in Thailand? Hmm. He tended elephants. Hmm. And I'm like, that is so cool. Mm -hmm. And then at that Mm -hmm. point, because I didn't know much about elephants, I didn't realize that there were African elephants and Indian elephants. And Mm -hmm. now I know. Yeah. So you're getting you're getting to meet people that that before you they tended elephants. That's That's right. So cool. Yeah. That's crazy. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Very cool. Well, I think what you're doing is really cool, and I love your mission to help people attend college. That is a rewarding career. It's absolutely fabulous. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for being yeah. here. And uh, like many Thank guests, you. you you expressed that you were a little nervous, but so was it as bad as you thought it would be? Or no, I mean, I there's there are times when I stumbled a little, but I you just get talking about what you love, yeah. and it just flows. Right. And so I thank you guys for creating this um, venue for us to chat. Yeah. yeah, it was so fun. Thank, thank you, you for so being here. Much. Thank you so much. We'll see you around. Wow, what did you think? Oh, I loved it. It was a lot of fun. Um, 
the passion uh, comes through when you mm -hmm. talk to Amanda. Mm -hmm. uh, that's always been the case in my experience with her. So, um, have you? Did you know her well before the podcast? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, we've worked together a lot over the years and um, crossed paths. We're in a lot of the same meetings mm -hmm. uh, every week. So yeah, mm -hmm. definitely know her pretty well as far as that goes. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, knew she had the passion for the adult ed piece for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but she's been she's been doing a lot. She's been involved in a lot of different areas over the years here, and so she's. Had a very well-rounded experience, and she knows the college really well because she's uh, been able to come at it from a lot of different angles. So, um, you know, just happy with, always happy to work with her, and proud of everything that she does here. So, you know, it might be fun. These people that have been here a long time and that know the college well, mm -hmm. we we could do like RVC trivia. Yeah, we've talked about that. Have actually. you? Yeah. Yeah, I bet yeah. someone like Martin Quirk or. Mm -hmm. People like that have been here a while would just kill it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the faculty would do well because that's where a lot of the mm -hmm. longevity is okay. in the faculty ranks. So mm -hmm. if there was a faculty team, they would blow everybody out of the water probably. <laughs> but but yeah, I think it would be fun. Would be and fun. I would do well um, not to just toot my own home, but only because of all the the research I had to do. Oh, you've had to, yeah. Yeah, for the uh, 50th yeah. and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I would know a lot of that history. But, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, it, yeah. it would be kind of fun, I think. So was there anything about the podcast that surprised you? Like anything that you learned from Amanda that you didn't know or surprised you? I didn't know the full story behind uh, her family and the, you know, blended the eclectic family. blended mm -hmm. family that she has. I, much like you, I only came upon that knowledge by seeing a picture in her office sure. one day. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, so I didn't know all the different backgrounds and stuff like that and how it all connected and how many of them there actually were and all that. You know, mm -hmm. you saw the pictures. But, um, but yeah, so that, that was that was cool to hear her talk about that. So Well, I have two titles, so I'll let you pick. Unless, okay, what you, unless you have one. What do you got? Fist pump for education. <laughs> the bender. The bender pump. Okay. What else she or got? Or finding her own way. I like that. I like that. She said something to that effect, right? She said something to that a couple of different times. Yeah. She started by talking about her conservative background, and she came full circle at the end at how important it was for her to find her own way and how when mm -hmm. she helps people come here to college – she really wants to help them find their way wherever they are. Yeah, I like that. So find, like that. finding her own way with Amanda Smith. I like it. Yeah. 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 Well, this has been another episode of Everything RVC. It's we been a hoot. are, yeah, we are so grateful for our time here together. We hope you're all having a fantastic week. Oh yeah, a little Breakfast Club music. I knew Had you were. To. Had I to. knew you were queuing that up. <laughs> Sweet. Okay.